everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is March 11th. Today we are going to jump into section 25, which is a section given to Emma Smith. And as much as this section was given to Emma Smith, it also teaches us a lot about her, and it also helps us understand both the men and the women in the church what we are to do and how we are to become. It's interesting, Emma is one of the controversial figures from church history, kind of like Martin Harris was. Martin did incredible things, but sometimes we remember him for negative attributes. Emma Smith sometimes gets a bad rap. She was very strong-willed, strong-minded. She stood up to Joseph, and she refused to come west with Brigham Young. But my friends, we should never look at Emma with anything but awe and wonder for the woman that she was and the things that she went through. Lucy Smith, in her biography about Joseph Smith, said this of Emma, I have never seen a woman in my life who would endure every species of fatigue and hardship from month to month and from year to year, and with that unflinching courage, zeal, and patience which she has ever done. For I know that which she has had to endure. She has been tossed upon the ocean of uncertainty. She has breasted the storms of persecution and buffeted the rage of men and devils, which would have borne down almost any other woman. Truly, Emma Smith was, as it says in this section, an elect lady, an incredible woman who did wondrous things in the church. In fact, we women of the church have a rich heritage of righteous, strong women who are doers of the gospel. That's exactly what Emma was, and that's exactly what we see in the women of the church today. In fact, President Hinckley at a National Press Club appearance once said, People wonder what we do for our women. I'll tell you what we do. We get out of their way and look with wonder at what they are accomplishing. That was the kind of woman that Emma Smith was. She was a woman who did, who saw needs and filled them, and who worked tirelessly despite all that she endured. President Nelson once said this of women now in the church. He said, We need women who know how to make important things happen by their faith and who are courageous defenders of morality and families. That was what Emma Smith was. So a little bit about her. She was born in Harmony, Pennsylvania, to an extremely wealthy family. Her father was a farmer and an innkeeper, and they were well-to-do. She grew up Methodist and was actually extremely faithful in the Methodist faith. It's believed that she went to a Methodist seminary to be educated. And when she was 21 years old, she met 19-year-old Joseph Smith, who had come looking for work, super poor, and telling tales of angels and golden records. So you can imagine that her parents weren't extremely thrilled with the fact that she took interest in Joseph and that Joseph took interest in her. So the two of them eloped and moved to New York. Now that would be the first move of her life. Remember, she was raised in Harmony, Pennsylvania for 21 years. She had that permanency, that stability, that wealth. That was what she was accustomed to. Yet her life was upheaved and continued to be for the next several years. She never had permanency again. She never had wealth again. She never had that certainty of knowing what the next day was going to hold. And it was a huge leap of faith to trust Joseph, to believe in him, and to marry him. 
Later, Joseph and Emma would return to Harmony, Pennsylvania, where he would farm a portion of her father's land, as she acted for a time as a scribe for the Book of Mormon. She eventually delivered her first son, who died, soon after giving birth to him. In fact, she nearly died herself in that delivery. In her lifetime, she bore nine children and adopted two more. Four of them died in infancy, and two of them died as toddlers. Again, can't even imagine what that would have been like, or how hard that would have been. Emma was the first president of the Relief Society, and led the way in caring for the needy and the poor, and doing good things. Not only that, but she was also in charge of teaching doctrine to all the women of the church. Rarely she went for any length of time without having people living in her home, whether they were homeless or orphans or just down on their luck. More often than not, she brought other people into her home to care for them, even though she had very little herself. Being the first lady of Nauvoo, she hosted diplomats in her home, made public appearances, and worked politically on behalf of the church and her husband. And amid all of that, she and Joseph had a deep love for one another. During Joseph's time in Liberty Jail, he wrote to her, My heart is entwined around yours forever and ever. And she wrote back, I still live and am yet willing to suffer more if it is the will of kind heaven that I should for your sake. So let's jump into section 25. Verse 1 starts out beautifully. He says, hearken, Emma, listen, listen to me, learn my voice. He says, hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. I love how personal he makes that. Remember, Emma, her entire life has been deeply, deeply spiritual and religious. She had paid the price to develop a relationship with our Father in heaven and with the Savior Jesus Christ. And so here, as he's addressing her, he addresses her very personally. Hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. You know me, Emma. Listen. And then the Lord takes it one step further and says, I speak unto you, Emma Smith, my daughter. That relationship, that closeness. It didn't happen just because she married Joseph. It didn't happen just because he was talking to her. It happened because she spent a lifetime striving for that spirituality, that connection with our Heavenly Father and with the Savior. She was close to them, and this relationship that she had with them was personal. And what I absolutely love about that language, my daughter, is that then the Lord goes on to explain that anyone can have that same relationship with him. He says, For verily I say unto you, all those who receive my gospel are sons and daughters in my kingdom. Now we are all children of God. Every single person that you see and encounter in this life is a son or a daughter of God. And that is important to remember. And that is beautiful and valuable and incredible. But this goes one step further. This is Christ speaking. And he says, sons and daughters in my kingdom. And it comes because we have received the gospel. We've made covenants. We've participated in ordinances. I have this cross-referenced in my scriptures to Mosiah chapter 5, verse 7, which says, And now, because of the covenant which you have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, ye are born of him and have become his sons. 
and his daughters. There is a special relationship that comes when we make and keep covenants with our Father in Heaven through our Savior Jesus Christ. We can have that personal, close relationship. President Uchtdorf once said, To strengthen our relationship with God, we need some meaningful time alone with Him. My friends, I testify that our efforts to draw nearer to the Lord do not go unnoticed. Our Father in Heaven, our Savior, they never distance themselves from us, ever. But sometimes, through pride, through disobedience, through stubbornness, we can distance ourselves from them. But our relationship with them can be as close as we want it to be and as we are willing to work for it to be. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 